You're listening to episode 141 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. One of my favorite things about hosting these conversations is that there's no rules. When I first heard from Sophia Wiseland, we connected and discussed a topic about healing your root and pelvic bowl. But as we started talking, the ebb and flow of the energy just kind of took over the conversation and we went in a whole different direction. And you know what? I think it was exactly what was needed to be discussed. So as I briefly mentioned, this week's guest is Sophia Wiseman. Sophia has been a professional medicine caller for over 20 years. She is trained in over 20 different modalities, including internal pelvic floor work. She trains professional medicine callers to trust and optimize their medicine through self-mastery, soul unification, skill refinement, and ancestral reclamation. She is the creator and author of I Love My Life Oracle Deck and Academy. Today's conversation touches on an array of things that may challenge or raise you to question your beliefs. I invite you to keep an open mind throughout the episode, and as always, take what resonates and leave the rest. Before we meet this week's guest, I wanted to remind you about the Mind Biz Life favorite section on the mindbizlife.com website. Within the section, you'll find links to all of my favorite products and services. You'll receive certain promos and bonuses when you use my specific link or promo code, whichever one's listed. One of my favorites that I've just added to the site is my favorite soap from Crystal Bar Soap. It's vegan, made of essential oils, and all of the other natural ingredients. The best part is that there is a crystal within each bar. So my skin has been so much better since using this soap. I've got all of my friends hooked too. If you want to save 20% off your first order, head over to mindbizlife.com. Click on the section called Mind Biz Life Favorites. And then click on Crystal Bar Soap link and save 20% off your first order. All right, are you ready to meet Sophia? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Sophia Wiseman. Sophia is a speaker, singer, mentor, podcast host, and medicine caller. Hi Sophia, welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Hello Lauren, I'm happy to be here. You know, I have a ton of questions today, but I want to ask one to get us going, and that is, what exactly is a medicine caller? Oh, I love this question. That's so fun. Um, so uh, there's a term that a lot of people know now. It was not so popular 10 years ago, but it's really caught on. And that term is the, the word shaman, right? Mm, so you're familiar yes. with this. Yes. So a shaman is technically a Mongolian title for someone who is the, like the medicine person of that community. Mm. And so I often refer to, you know, shaman with a big S or shaman with a little S, like a shamanistic or things like that. But the truth is, uh, in my understanding, some of the teachers that have crossed my path, is it's indicative of the way in which overall our language has gone through an erasure process of lose. We've lost a lot of our, um, our languages that describe a unified understanding of reality and realities that are both the the physical world and the subtle other worlds, right? Mm. So if, uh, so medicine caller kind of has its own kind of long lineage, but it, it came through for me when I was really looking for a term that 
was not lineage specific. That was someone who has the inherent gifts, you know, like someone who's just born with, um, I believe everybody has these abilities in them. And just like any, anything else, some of us are like really kind of gifted in the direction towards something. And so a medicine caller is someone who has that inherent ability to create a space in which healing to what many people would think kind of like miraculously occurs. Like it just kind of happens, right? Like, oh, it just happens, you know? (laughs) And so a medicine caller can be trained or they can be untrained. They can be initiated. They can be formally initiated. They can have a lineage. But a medicine caller is anyone who has that ability to really call healing, call medicine, call change into their experience, their own life. And so again, I think everybody has a piece of that. And there are people who really understand and resonate that notion of like strangers telling them secrets on the street is like a classic kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People are just being like, yeah. And then they're like, I've never told anybody this before. And you're like, it's fine. That, that happens to me all the time. That's fine. Um, You you resonate with me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the other thing is, and then people have a lot of different ways in which they call medicine. And so I understand that healing and medicine isn't something that we we're not in control of. What we do is we create space that optimizes a healing opportunity, that we do that in our own being and that we can do that as a community or that we can do that in a, in a circumstance or in a situation. And so that's calling medicine. And so you can do it instinctually or intuitively, or you can be trained through medicine practices where you create circumstances where healing takes place. Wow. That is so fascinating. Like, oh man, and now I'm just like so excited to go down all of the rabbit holes now because I'm like, whoa, that was such a good, strong, amazing start. So tell us more about your journey and what got you into this line of work. What? Oh my gosh. Where do I start? Well, about 14,000 <laughs> lives ago, um, I was like, earth, you silly, but I love you. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in. I see what you're here for. I'll keep coming back. Um, this life, I was a little baby mystic. I came in as soon as I could talk. I was telling stories about before I was born. I was talking to my ancestors. Um, when I was a kid, I had that really strong imagination and maybe we'll get into this more, but imagination and intuition or imagination and the visionary sight, they're not separate and different. Mm. Uh, The creative spirit is the creative spirit, you know? So I I had that and I grew up in a very creatively supportive household. So I had space to kind of let that be intact, which I think a lot of kids have. And mine was allowed to be more spacious. Mm. I also grew up in a household with chronic illness. So my mother was chronically ill and then my sister actually became chronically ill and she was a teenager for about 15 years. So what that did was it really shifted, all of that started when I was about three, and it shifted the whole dynamic of my household. Anyone who's lived with chronic illness or um, other kinds of real kind of jarring to the systems know that it really, it asks people to cope and, um, 
and to get through. And I'm really grateful that my family was very committed to love and compassion and kindness. And so what really happened was everybody kind of used their gifts and their inherent superpowers to kind of get through. And we really became like a team as best we could, you know, kind of highly dissociative and also like really using our gifts to kind of navigate all together. And part of my gift in my sensitivity is I, and I really honed this as a child, was I can see kind of what's coming to someone's body before it lands in their body. So like I often can, I'll ask people like two days before they get sick, like, are you feeling okay? How you doing? Why are you doing? Mm. How you doing? People are like, why do you keep asking me that? And then two days later, they're like, I have the worst flu. Right. Oh, right. Wild. Okay. You know, my ex-wife used to kind of talk about that. She was like, oh my God, am I, am I going to get sick? Like, why do you keep asking <laughs> me that? You know, I'd be like, I don't know. You know, so I kind of, I've, you know, I've worked with that. I've, I've honed that. But, I, but the circumstances really got me tracking and anticipating needs, not just illness, but, you know, ways that I could hedge it. Because if I could see it coming and I could, you know, I mitigate it. One of the ways I refer to a lot of the kind of classic child caregiving coping mechanism is um, anticipation of needs, um, mitigation of pain, mm -hmm. and um, manipulation of circumstance are the, like these tools that we really create this ability. And so as I, you know, came into my adulthood, those are not great. Um, those are not great ways to, right. to like thrive, right. you know, <laughs> um, as, as like your go-tos all the time. Anticipation of need is, is great, but anticipating other people's needs to the degree that they don't become aware of them or that you're always taking care of other people. That doesn't work. Mitigation right. of pain is not helpful as a lifestyle because pain is useful information it's directive it's 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 pain is an informant and so you don't oh, you don't want to be silencing pain you want to be listening to pain um, and uh, and obviously manipulation is uh, it's a great survival tactic when you don't have control over the steering wheel you can yeah. only kind of uh, influence people to kind of make a left or a right you know mm -hmm. um, it's it's their their tools and their tactics for survival but they're not they're not thrivals you know that's like right. it's not the thing so so you know so i really honed these sensitivity things but then as i grew i um they really don't work <laughs> for yeah. happiness i really lost myself as the years went on and i had a full mental health breakdown when i was 19 which launched me into i had this strong foundation of alternative medicine and um, they don't call that anymore, but my my '90s days come come out in that way. Um, and uh, and so when my kind of mental health collapsed, I really turned to it with a curiosity, with a dedication, and with a spiritual faith that said, "This is my being asking me to heal." And I spent about seven years doing everything I could under the sun to rebuild and and shift out of um, kind of mitigating and controlling and trying to you know, lessen the damage to what is it to, you know, cultivate and create and co-create the life and the healing and, and the, the wholeness. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. And I love just, first of all, thank you for being just so vulnerable and real. Like I just, I love realness and rawness and it's just, it's beautiful. So thank you for just sharing your truth in this, in this way. But you know, when, when we first connected and you would hit me with the topic of healing your pelvic bowl. I first was like, okay, this is cool. Like, 
this is interesting. And then my second thought was very ego driven. And I was like, okay, this might be too uncomfortable to talk about. Like this is that, you know, cultural taboo that's placed Mm -hmm. on talking about sexuality and reproductive Mm -hmm. organs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like in that moment, I was like, okay, practice what you preach. When things are uncomfortable, <laughs> lean in, right? And I was like, open yourself to being educated because I just, instead of wanting to back away from something, I want to lean into it because of course that's a huge part of growth, right? So right. Sophia, educate me, girl. What is the link between our bodies and our personal authority? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So, so huge, huge right now. We are in a massive collective awakening right now that's happening. Mm -hmm. There are people that have been leading and pushing and inviting and guiding this, namely, right, marginalized people, indigenous people, uh, you know, spiritual thought leaders, people that have been taught and, you know, quote unquote, alternative medicine, fringe people, artists, creatives have been saying, join me in this other consideration for a long time, for decades and decades. And through violence and sheer heartbreak, as well as um, kind of the, 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 just the, all of these things coming together right now, there is this huge awakening. And, and a lot of the conversations that are happening right now are around power, mm. respect, body, humanness. Mm. Right. I mean, and so when I think about those things, what we're talking about is like the authority over one's life. Yeah. The authority over one's life, the authority over one's ability to live and not just to live and have a heartbeat, which is one piece that we're talking about, but to live the way in which we are, we're called and to live well. Mm. Right. And the body is the heart of our incarnated living well. I mean, it is, it's it. It's like, does our heart, does, do, do we have the blood to pump? Do we have the air to breathe? Do we have the water to drink? Like, are we hydrated, fed? Are we resting? It's at the most simple place of, are we respecting and caring for the body mm. as a place of authority and as a place of value? Or is, or is that being subjugated? Right. So I think that there's, there's this piece that there's even this, um, and I don't usually kind of come in on this subject from this angle, but it feels really, it, it's a, it's a way, it's a way in, right. To see that respecting the body is, is respecting life. Mm. And there's been in a very kind of colonized meaning like that there's a right way to live and that that way to live is is uh rule following and profit oriented um that that and subjugation control powers of control that we that we are maintained safe when something is controlling us Mm. and these are deeply um nuanced and insidious and generations deep process of of stripping away and this is where i kind of turn here stripping away what i believe to be with that which is true which is that we are sovereign Mm. we are sovereign i am as sovereign as the tree outside Right. right and just like the sovereignty of the tree i'm not separate like the wind 
blows through my hair, my roots pull from the soil, the rain comes to me. Just because I'm sovereign and the authority over my life and my well-being sits in me does not mean that I'm disconnected or unrelated to that which is around me. Mm. And the body really has this way of, um, you know, there's, it doesn't lie. There's this phrase out there and I wish I knew kind of where it's, I've heard it from so many different places, but you know, the, the body doesn't lie. I, what I've learned, this is what I can tell you from my personal experience is that my body wants to feel fabulous. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it wants, it wants to feel feel great. It's designed that I have pleasure surges through my body when I'm doing things that will benefit it. Yeah. Like that it's 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 a massively complex beautiful system that's designed to literally give me positive feedback loops on things that will benefit it. Yeah. And so every symptom and every sign and every ache is a wisdom message towards what's working or not working. And so because it doesn't, um, you can try to convince yourself and anyone who's ever been in a relationship that didn't feel good (laughs) and rationalized it um, because, you know, you can try to convince yourself, but your body will tell you, I don't like this. You're like shoulders clench in and your and your stomach gets up and you get a headache and you can't really think and you get, and then you're, and then you, you just feel weird, right? Yeah. All of these things, like you can try to rationalize all day, but the body will will hold this simple wisdom. And I really believe, like from my kind of soulful spiritual perspective, I understand that the soul and the body are not separate. Mm. The soul forms the body, like the vibration takes form, right? So it's not separate. It's, it's this truth-telling tool of this... Um, subtle kind of soul, uh, or not subtle kind of soul wisdom. And so I believe that it, it, it has shown me over and over again, the places where I am denying my deepest spiritual soulful knowing in some contrived head game way. (laughs) Yeah. Like it'll just, it'll just, it'll just tell the truth. So that's, so it's one, it's one pathway. It's one truth telling pathway about our authority because the truth is like it's it's uh, like here like here we are and i'm not i'm not sure this is totally getting through but that's kind of what i don't know if i like yeah kind of got to but that's yeah. yeah yeah no i love it so why do you think because when you're talking about you know just like those relationships where we try and just like make those excuses you know like staying in them when clearly it's not good for us when we get these feelings within our bodies why do we tend to ignore it or push it to the side I mean, it's, I mean, are you ready for my like Drop real opinion? This, yeah. is, this is really how I see it. Because we have, because I believe that listening to the body and listening to our, because our body is a sensitive instrument. Mm. It is an information con. It hold, it's designed to do all these things and receive information and to take action. And when we are connected to our body, we receive information that's way beyond this kind of you know, we, I, I can feel when the wind is blowing up the mountain before I can hear it. Like Mm -hmm. I, that it's like, and that, you know, we are more connected than we think we are. Yeah. And I say that this, we, 
I really, 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 in this very simple, simple way, understand that at our roots of our histories, every one of us at one point came from an indigenous family line Mm. in which we were of the earth and had a relationship to our body, to one another. And I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm just saying that there was a connection. And that through the process of colonization, that had to be broken apart, that had to be broken down. I really believe that one of the disconnection from our body, this talking heads, this intellect over sensuality as though they are in conflict, which they're not to me at all. As someone who like is very, like who loves to talk, I'm like, conversation is very sensual to me. You can't split it for me, you know? Like we're podcasters. That's like, you know, philosophy (laughs) is like as sexy as it gets, you know? Right. So, you know, but that's not necessarily what we're, you know, we're told out there, right? Like this sensual being in the body has been so degraded and Mm -hmm. so less than and so shamed, you know, like you can't, it's like, we can't touch our bodies in public. Why can't I touch my, why can't I touch my tit in public? Well, first I do, first of all, but it's like, (laughs) Hey, um, but, but I know, but I'm being counterculture, you know, that's, that's not, it's not right. And it's like, it's not right. It's not right. And so the depths of when and how did it become, it's not right. And I think, I have this deep experience that in the process of reweaving and connecting and trusting my body, I have been shown these wounds, these inheritances of it's dangerous to listen to your body. It's dangerous. The, the, I've been told that like, you can't just trust your body and have sex with everybody you want to have sex with. That's dangerous. You know, you can't, um, you can't uh, touch your own body. That's gross. You can't, I'm trying to think of like other examples and I'm like totally blanking on them. Well, even goes, like feeding your baby in public. Like yes. there's so many oh, God. moms. Thank you. Like, right. gosh, like that drives me nuts. But I was even that mom that with my first daughter, I was like, I have to cover up, you know? And like second daughter, I was like, whatever. Like whatever. this is, yeah. Like I, why, why would I go to the bathroom to feed my baby? That's what's gross. You know, yes. it's like, right come on. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like that is, it was shown to me through Mm -hmm. social media. It was drilled into my head from just even seeing other women do it, you know? So like it got to that point. I was like, right. This This pervasive way of being and, 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 or men, oh, oh, obviously how am I not talking about this? We're talking about, well, we thought we talked about pelvic floor. We will menstruation point blank, right? Like that we're taught that this is dirty and to be kept a secret and it's best not to get it on things. And what my body has told me and taught me and my experience and journey has taught me is that the menstruum itself, like this moon blood that comes out of me is such a high vibration. You know how much money we spend, those of us who do, on high quality top essential oils? I mean, you know, it's like hundreds of dollars for like point you know, the little, it's like, you know, smallest little battle, you know, I mean, and of these like very precious things. And what I can tell you is if you've never sat with your own menstruum with the same respect that you've sat with helichrysum or rose auto, or even just an affectionate like time with a inhale of lavender, if you've never sat and said, wow, is this as valuable Mm. as these? 
What I can tell you is it is. And now there's all this research of like as stem cell, as it's, they're doing all this research on menstruation and they're like, yo, this stuff is magic. Yeah. <laughs> like, this stuff is, full, it's bananas. Like it's, it's literally the fertile soil of the, of the humans, you know? I mean, that's what it is. And, and instead we're taught hide it, secret, shove it, you know, and it's like, no, I need to listen. I need to make space. I need to slow down. When I do that, the visions that I get, the understanding that I have, the forgiveness. Oh my God. Like our hearts need so much time to forgive ourselves and each other. We live in a world that is heartbreaking. And, and, and just to get through it, all of us do things on a regular basis that we'd rather not do. Look away from people who ask us for money on the street or, you know, don't respond to an email because we don't know. You're talking about it, right? Being uncomfortable or having a conversation with someone we love and we want to say, I love you and I miss you. And we think I can't, if they don't say it back, I can't, Mm. you know, and we carry those, those, those undermining moments where we deny our, our true desire to, to love, to live, to be, and when we get still, those things rise back up. And when we have practice with ourselves, they rise and then we let them go. And that's what happens when we live in, in cycles of, of listening, of action and then listening. And that's what the body does. Like the menstrual cycle is this beautiful biochemical hormonal cycle of action, go, connection, outward, and then like inward, 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 quiet, listening, shed, shed, empty, empty, listen, listen, inspire, inspire, fill, fill, act, act, connect, go, 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 slow down, slow down, let go, let go, let go, let go. Like there's this, and it's, it's, it's literally like the best strategic plan you could come up with. Like Mm. implement, reflect, you know, you know, analyze, make new plan, implement, reflect, analyze, make new plan. Like that's how you make progress. If you just go and never look at what you're doing, then you don't, then you, then, then you just go. (laughs) And we can, that's, yeah. I think like I totally had that like mind blown moment when I learned like that the female's body and the moon are, you know, like synced. I was like, wait, what, who, huh? You know, it's like, why don't, why are we not told this? Like, I had no idea. Like, why did it take me to be, oh gosh, I was probably like 30 at the time. Like, why was I a 30 year old woman and had no idea, you know? And then once I start going down that rabbit hole, it's like, this makes so much sense. And then the, the ladies of Luscious Hustle and I were talking and, and they were even talking about like using it in a workspace of, you know, respecting that like masculine and feminine. And I start working in that flow and then just realized how much more in tune I was with just the energy. And I was like, whoa, like I started to just understand myself in a different way. And I don't think that if I would have even heard this five years ago, I've been like, right. (laughs) You know, like, right. Totally. I know how I sound right now. Like I say these things so confidently (laughs) now because I've spent years weeping in a room by myself going, I can't say these things out loud. I'm a fucking freak. Well, (laughs) whatever. Like I could, you know, fly girl. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it's like one of those things where it's almost like you're sitting in the closet with it. Cause you're like, okay, this is so crazy. But if everyone knew about it, if everyone was talking about it, it would not have that stigma attached to it. And when you were talking about, um, really being connected to like your ancestors, I know you do a lot of work with that. And I feel like being able to tack in 
tap into that ancestral wisdom likely opens up some of the healing traditions. Is that true? Oh, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. So how do we like really tap into, you know, that part? Like nerd out with me. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here's the thing. Okay. On one hand, you don't have to believe anything that I'm about to say. You just like, just kind of, you can believe it or not believe it. Yeah. But like take, but I know you're with me. So like, I'm here. we're, we're going to take a journey together. Right. So the first thing to do is recognize that your spirit guides, your ancestors, it's real. It's a real relationship. Mm. It's real. So that's the first thing that changes the landscape. If ancestors are real and not a theory, that means you have a relationship with them. Mm. That means that there can be communication. Right. And if there's communication, there can be knowledge exchange. And that's powerful. Like, dang. <laughs> there it is, right? There it is. They're real. And so what I kind of do with people and what I, because I did it for myself, right? And so then, and after I did it for years for myself, people were like, can you teach me these things? And at first I was like, no, 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 I don't, I'm not, I'm not a teacher. And they were like, but can you just tell me what you do? And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll share, you know? Yeah. And you're like, like okay, that's so how I'm I, teaching. I like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I guess I'm teaching. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Sure, sure, sure. And, and what I did, and I, I call it soul unification, but the heart of it is about going into these centered spaces and just building, asking for, and building a real relationship with these energies, presence, beings by giving it time and space and saying, okay, like I'm the authority. My soul is here. It's real. I'm an ancestor, right? I'm an energetic being that's here. You're a real being that's here. I want to have a real relationship with you. I surrender and I heal to have that. So whatever needs to be kind of forgiven or let go or remembered so that I can have access to that, I want to have connection with you. So this piece of, in this pathway, in this practice of having a real relationship and then what happens and what has happened, this is what has happened for my clients for, I mean, years now going on yeah, t- time is a fun time is a while. Time is wild. Very yeah. Time yeah. is that's what what is time? Space. <laughs> yeah. Um so okay. It's a real relationship. And so you build that relationship. And when that relationship becomes real to you, then you have communication that way. And I have seen this all, it's one of the people when people say used to ask me, kind of like, what do you teach? And I was like, oh, <laughs> skill reclamation is kind of really what it's like. I teach you how to listen with your, I hold space for you to remember how to listen with your own skill set. Because some people literally see the ancestors sta- standing next to them and have a, can have a conversation. Well, a lot of people go into this kind of relaxed, dreamy state and have physical sensations mm. for 40 minutes. And then they wake up and the first time they do it, they go, nothing happened. And I'm like, well, tell me what you experienced. And they're like, well, I had this tingling in my left arm and then I felt a hand hold my hand and then I like fell asleep and then I saw this picture of this white elephant in my mind and then my feet got really heavy and it sank to the earth. And I'm going, that sounds like a lot happened, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of an experience, you know? And so so to understand and go, and so when people go, oh, that's, and I'm like, yeah, that is 
that's your that's your open pathway of communication. To think that it's just visual or just audio means you're ignoring this whole other. I talked about this. Our body are massive complex communication systems. We get feelings and sensings and knowings, clear cognizance, having these just having a clear insight and knowing is a is a huge one. If people go, how do you know that? Sometimes I look at people and I say a thing and people are like, how did you know that? And I'm like, it's it's like a thing. It's like a, it's just this thing that I do sometimes yeah. where I know stuff, you know? And other people go, they see stuff. They see an aura. They see a color around a person. So it's the process of developing a relationship with yourself so that you know how you receive information. And then you begin to understand, to, to believe it, to trust it, to, to understand it. And then you can use those pathways. It's like a phone call, right? And then you know how to, it's like, or you know how to send an email or call on the phone or write a letter. Like these are different ways to exchange information. But what I was going to say is that my clients have restored their lineages through this practice. So I have like, you know, they kind of, all these people kind of came to me to varying degrees of like, I have faith and like, I kind of grew up with this religion or no religion and like, but I can't really, that I really can't handle that, you know? And then a decade later, it's like, I've got this like, uh, you know, uh, Celtic priestess who's got a mother Mary, you know, major <laughs> mother Mary thread. Cause she grew up Catholic, yeah. you know, through this whole thing. And then I've got a whole collection of my like sweet Jewish priestesses <laughs> with their drums and their songs and their Miriam at the well. And then we've got this whole other wave of these specific lineages, you know, the rec- Reclamation of the indigenous and Mexican practices. One of my students would come to me. I had another dream. This tool came to me and started telling me these stories. I wanted to use and, you know, have this egg healing that I remembered from my childhood. And so it's like, I don't usually teach people these practices. When you get connected to yourself and you get connected to your ancestors, you literally start remembering things from other, from your ancestors. Like you actually, I have an entire I have a, like a 45 minute video where I describe one, um, one medicine practice that came back to me through my ancestors and it's the practice of making medicine bags. And it took four years for me wow. to get the full transmission of making those medicine bags. That is so, wild. you know, it just happens because it's real just because my ancestors are real. So yeah. just like if I had a teacher that I went and sat with once a month, and I said, you know, tell me your stuff. Four years later, I'd have way more skills. When I walk with my ancestors and I walk with my spirit guides, you know, some days it's like kind of mellow. And other days it's like, go get this, do this, do this. When you choose to become an apprenticeship of your own ancestry, yeah. right? You're signing up for this um, curriculum that's like... <laughs> like behind the scenes, right? You know, and that's what, and that's what it, and that's what I did. I mean, that's what I did for myself. I signed up for, I took an apprenticeship with my own spirit guides, my own soul and my ancestors and said, teach me my, how do I call medicine? Make Mm. me the medicine caller that I, I, the way that I'm built to do. How do I do that? I love this. And you know, it's like so interesting because as you're sitting here talking, I was like, you can't see me, but I have this biggest smile on my face right now because I think you just actually linked something for me that I was not, con- I mean, clearly I was consciously doing it, but like there was, I didn't have that name for it. Right. So I, this, you've now put a term to it because, oh gosh, I don't know. Years ago, I had this crazy dream, right? 
And I was sitting there with my, with my dad who was alive, but I was also in there with a man I did not know. Um, and another man who was my dad's dad, who was deceased. And we're having breakfast and it, it's very, like very vivid to me. You know, I can still close my eyes and go back to it. Yeah. And I, but within the dream, every, like it was, so it's me and three males and um, I can picture what everyone was even having for breakfast. And everyone was like very lighthearted and smiling. And when I had told my dad about it and described the exact room and the other man, he was like, well, you just described my grandfather. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting, right? So then I have my very first reading that I had ever had with a medium. And of course, my grandfather comes through. And from this point forward, he has been my guide. Like I, anytime I do readings, I mean, I go back to my journal and I'm like, I use it as a guide. I'm like, I just the other day, I was like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, so I'm at this point in my journal now, right? So, but he had come through and the first thing I had questioned was that dream. Cause I was like, it was one of those, like, that was too weird to just be a dream. Right. And I was like, Whoa, I was like astral projecting or something, right. something wild about that. that. They feel yeah. visitations feel different than yeah. like a dream vision. They like, right. they're, they, they feel different. They, yes. They're a different experience. Yeah. Yes. And it's like one of those is like, okay, like I've had some wild dreams, but that was not like a, a one of those wild dreams. So the very first thing I asked, I was like, Okay. And you know, cause I'm like testing the medium too, <laughs> because you, you're a little skeptical and you're kind of got it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, so what about the dream? And she immediately was like, Oh, the one where you were having breakfast together. <laughs> he said that you guys were talking about your future and the future of the point that you're at right now. And I was like, Oh, and like at that point, like, you know, goosebumps hit my body, my left ear started to ring. And then now I know this is, you know, years later that every time my left ear rings, I kind of need to stop and -hmm. pay attention to either my thoughts or what's around me. But that was the first time that I noticed it happen, right? That I became conscious that it happened was when we were doing all of that. So I had never even, as you're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, okay, so I'm getting ancestral wisdom. Like this is literally what it is. I just had not connected those dots. And now you have me even intrigued to just go deeper to go deeper go deeper yeah this is so yeah. interesting and we can do it proactively right like we mm. can we can just let it happen um and we can really show up to it go deeper and a- ask for it i love that the ringing is such a i i i it was a it was a big i got this ringing in my ear that wouldn't go away and it happened when i was teaching my first weekend of teaching working with spirit guides this ringing it was the second weekend was unrelenting it was like an echo in my head it was calming if i put like a i literally put a shell to my ear and that mm. was like it was like so intense you know and then and then since then i realized when i heard those ringings i actually I do the same thing. I stop everything. And what I do is I listen to the the tones themselves, the frequencies. I like totally, I'm like, oh, this is like, this is, you're literally like, I have to really listen. And I just kind of make my whole body soft, usually often plug my ear so I can really just hear that frequency. Yeah. I feel that's what I do. I didn't consciously do it, but I noticed like I plugged my ear, but Mm. it's interesting because you had said something, um, one of your students said like they did something as a child. Do you find that things that we've done as ch- like as children, when we tap back into them, like yeah. you're like, Oh, 
duh, it's been there all along. Like yeah. we, we were doing that all yep. along. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like way more, like way majority, like, like way, like obviously I'm making up statistics here, but I'm like in the 80, 90 percentile of like nine mm-hmm. out of 10, um, if not more, you know, I'm not going to say all the time, but largely for the most part, yes. Like those things that we did as children. And there's a huge, it's also one of the things that makes us question it um, when it kind of comes back on line actually in us. Right. And we start to do it and go, Oh, that's weird. I used to do this when I was a kid. That can actually be a thing that makes us shut it off. If we don't know to pay double attention, like, Oh, that's weird. I used to do this weird twitch when I was a kid, or I used to always need to turn the lights on and off three times when I left a room. Right. And it's like, Oh, now I know, like I get these three flashes of lights when my like grandmother's with me. Like, it's how I say hello. It's like how we say hello to each other, you know? So it's like, it's like I'm leaving instead of, you know, for me, I just say like, okay, thank you so much. I'm going now. But other people wouldn't say, they wouldn't use their words, right? They'd take Mm -hmm. a moment or take a breath or they do a thing or they bow or do it. So, so even just these like little things, um, but yes, I mean, so common and you, the, you know, it's like, I'm just having that moment of just being like, Lauren, you're a medium. Like, you know that now, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you've, you've embraced that. That's true. I've, like that's... I've embraced it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we're clear on that. Right. Yeah. That's like, okay. We're on the, okay, great. Okay. Great. Because I'll say that because other, like just these tidbits, right? Like obviously you've had a whole other, these expanded journeys and, and resourced yourself to kind of claim and claim and train and step into that for you. But these snippets for other people that hear and go, oh yeah, me too. I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but if these are the kinds of experiences you're having, it's because like you're a medium. And yeah. I, I had no idea. Right. And right. I, I don't prim- primarily have mediumship experiences. I would say that that's like way down on my list. That's not my primary communication or experience tool or things like that. You know, um, it happens sometimes, but it's not, I've, and I've, I've gone and worked it a little bit here and there, but it's, that's not my like jam, you know? Right. right. Um, you know, and so it's just to recognize that like, even in this landscape, there are things like anything, like you can train it and hone it. And there are things that we're like gifted at and that we're just kind of made that way. Mm. Um, and that we'll be attracted to it and that they'll happen inadvertently. And, um, and then we can, we can train them. Uh, I don't know if that was random. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, I like that. We were talking about that when we were talking, when you were talking about your client uh, with the egg, I immediately actually thought about my youngest daughter and she, is always making what I would call like concoctions. Oh, like, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a like, she's an alchemist. She's like a uh, yes, uh, yeah, po- potions. Yes. Yeah, potions. potions. That's all. Like that's always what I think about. I'm like she's just over here making potions, and it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things that like drives me. You know, like my uh-huh. my normal mom side like gets drip. Like you're like, all right, kid, you're driving me nuts. Like you just use half a bottle of shampoo and you know, yeah. and like whatever else you can find, and like you're mixing it. But then also like the other part of me, I'm like, you're so creative because she's also so many times. I found her the other day with painter's tape and she was making clothes for her Barbies. And she was like, oh, aren't these so much cooler shoes? And I was like, the coolest, <laughs> you know, I'm like, dang. But then the like, coolest. just to recognize, you know, that they're using those. So that also made me wonder, I'm like, hmm, what were you doing in your past life, girl? Right. You know, like, well, can I get in here for a second? Like, yeah. can I just like, okay. So immediately what comes up for me is you have a huge, massive link. How old is she right now? She's six. 
I knew you were going to say that. You've got a massive link right now. This is like a very, it's a very powerful time. And I would really recommend um, either meditating yourself or asking your ancestors or just kind of intuiting some herbs from your bloodline that are like the most common. Okay. right? Like yeah. get getting just a list of like four to 10 herbs. So, you know, wherever kind of you're from either a couple generations back or kind of as far back as you can go into that folklore. And then I would get them and I would get her um, like tins. I would like get her, I would get her things okay. to make potions with. Okay. And then I would play with her and invite her to tell you things about the plants without you telling her the names of the plants or what they're for. Okay. I'm with To it. let her play. Just like to let her play and to make her – and she'll, she will probably tell you what they're for, how you take them, what you – when you should, you know, yeah. and – and the more you kind of give that landscape, she's doing that ancestral, you're doing that ancestral reclamation together. Yeah. You know, she's carrying her potion making, right? Is like, and I, again, it's like, we have that. So many of us have that. It's like, who didn't make potions? You know, I guess right. some people didn't make potions. But everyone made a little bit of potions, but then there are people who were like, they constantly are making yeah, potions. Yeah, that's you know? this kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I like went through a phase and I totally went through potion making, you know? Yeah. And I, and I would really trust your intuition because there might okay. be other things in addition to herbs um, that come in, but I would just kind of start there and like make her a little space that is her like potion setup and like, just let it be casual. Like try not to, as much as we can. It's like, we can get so worked up about as adults, right? Yeah. We can get, like being like, I'll go with my notebook and she'll tell me everything. It's like easy, easy, easy. Right. right. <laughs> like, just like make her a station, put some herbs and just let her play by herself and periodically like, and play with her um, and listen because when she has the space to do that and do that yourself, like play with her, like play with the herbs, right? right? Like, at, like make up your own names, ask them, you know, you can go and you can sit outside with the plants and things like that. But if she's doing that and the other things that she wants to put in that aren't plants, I would listen to that too. I always wanted to put what I know now, I always wanted to put like stones and stuff in my mm. potions. Like I always wanted to put liquid stuff and then like like, like a crystal or right, a crystal, yeah. right? right? Like I wanted to put like a clink in there. Like I, yep. it, it felt right. And now I'm like, right. Because when I make my potions now as a, you know, as a professional medicine caller, I do, I put plants and I put clink, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm making. It's a real, yeah. it's a real thing. It does a thing. That's so smart. And I didn't, and that's, that's genius. I'm actually going to do this with her. And it was interesting as you were saying, you know, like have her choose different things, just it, you know, one of the things that clicked off in my mind is when she was even smaller, this is that, that kid who, you know, at one years old would have a bug bite because we live in Florida. So, you know, mosquito central, yeah. she would immediately ask for lavender, you know, just <gasps> go, go right over and like lavender and, you know, also go through so many bottles of lavender because she would like douse herself in it, but she just knew, you know, just yeah. oh have to have the lavender. Like, that's also part of that like body authority piece and that childhood and that sensual wisdom, like all, like all you're talking about all of those things, right? Cause they're not separate, like, oh, wow. cause they're not separate. Like it's like, because when the lavender would go on her body, it felt good. It right. would calm the bite. It would calm her nerves. It would energetic lavender is just like, it's like the, like lavender and amethyst. They just have, the, they're just, so, they just really do a thing, you know, I they know. just do it all. They just yeah. do it all. So, you know, so it's like that. 
that no being like, I want that of just being like, yeah, you want that because it's the right thing. Like, what is it? How about that? Right? Like, kind of want to offer that, like, of just being like, what if that was our response to, I want that, I want that. And our immediate response was, oh, then it must be the right thing. Mm. Yeah. What a, we, what a paradigm shift, right? We need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you I think to do that, it for myself? Yeah. And how do we tap into that more? How, if someone's listening mm. today right now and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I want more of that. I want to do more of that. How do I lean in and kind of tap into that more? So two ways come to mind for me. If you want the pocket on the, on the go, the like, I have in my mind, you know how they have those like car trip, um, yeah. Uh, game sets. Yeah. <laughs> the car trip, the car trip game set version of this yeah. is to get in the habit of affirming and confirming and validating and celebrating, repeating when something feels good. Mm. So, so viscerally, when like the, when you open the window of the car and the wind hits your face, instead of going like, instead of blowing right by, go, oh, that felt good. Say it out loud. Oh, that felt good. Mm. Oh, that felt good. And then if you can echo that back with something, you know, this I think is, is probably it's on one, it feels very personal and very collective of like what it is when you have a sensually pleasurable experience where your body's telling you that felt good. How, what do you say back to you say that says, that says, thank you for um, sharing your wisdom with me. Mm. Thank you for the wisdom right? So, oh, that feels good. And then affirm that, that that's important and valuable information. Yeah. So it's two steps. It's like affirm it and then, and then confirm its value. Yeah. Affirm that it feels good and confirm its value and just make that a habit. And what's really great is it's also like, it's super great for like <laughs> dopamine. Like it's just also, it'll be like, it'll be a lift you up, do that for three weeks right. and like your mood will start to lift. Um, <laughs> but it really, it really helps us reorient to where are we getting our information? Mm. right? So if you, every time you do something and you can think a thought and it makes you smile, think, oh, that thought just made me smile. Oh, thank you for that wisdom and that affirmation of what's, what's real, right? What's, what's, what's true to myself. So getting that, those, those responses in yourself and the, like the not pocket version, right? Yeah. (laughs) The like full out collector's edition, like velvet (laughs) bottomed, uh, you know, that I would say, um, I would say get in the practice of intentional. If this is interesting to you, then it's intentional practice. Time and attention. Time and attention are really powerful tools and resource, dedication and offering. So whether it's, um, you know, I, I turned my body of knowledge into a, a game that's also an academy. I like turned my knowledge into like a school that's like you can – draw cards. It's self-guided in that way. It's like a choose your own adventure of spiritual development. And, uh, you know, there's so, it's like a course in miracles, the artist's way, um, you know, listening to spiritual teachers going down any lineage rabbit hole, but choose doing a little bit of exploration, but, or picking one and showing up to it, like doing it, whether it's doing it 10 minutes a day or an hour a week, um, or taking a class, like, showing, showing up to it. I have a, I'd be happy to, if people want to either reach out to me or I can just give you the link. I'm having like a, I'm like, I don't know, whatever, go do it. If you like it, you can set it for my email list or whatever, but I can leave the link here for you. I have an ancestors, um, like masterclass that I did. And it's an hour of teaching about 
kind of how it is talking about like, you know, kind of going in deeper into this process of like the what and how, like my understanding of what it is to really reweave and reconnect with our ancestors and spirit guides. And then that includes an hour practice, like an hour meditation. So it's a two hour thing, but it's an hour, it's a healing. It's like a 45 minute healing. And so if the, you know, the velvet bottomed game course is being willing to put on headphones for 45 minutes or an hour and take deep breaths and, and show up with your attention and your focus and your life force and say, this is important to me. And I, I want to, I want to heal the disconnection and I want to awaken to, and I want to take action that is aligned from what's being remembered inside mm-hmm. me. Um, and then taking action on the action. Cause that's the thing. Like we do an hour <laughs> yeah. meditation and a healing, and then we come out of that and then we know we need to do four other things. <laughs> Yeah. You, know, you can't just stop s- there. <laughs> right. I mean, you can, I we mean, could, I'll say that yeah. to you, like you could, <laughs> you and you know, and that's why it's like the pocket version is good. That'll do, it'll, it'll do things over time in ways that are really right. powerful. Um, you know, pelvic, we didn't really get, it's like, we, it's like the pelvic floor work is really powerful work because it works at the root of the body, which is so far away from the head when we think of these things. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's, it really kind of shifts us at the base um, and then it reverberates kind of from the, from the bottom up, you know, but you can go in any direction. You can start with your heart. You can start with your mind. You can start with your root, but all of them are going to need the same thing for real change. And that's attention, focus, time, investment, um, and a willingness to change. Oh, I love it. And it's, man, it's so deep and it's so true to, well, I think that when you kind of start get getting started on this work, you, it's almost like an addiction. Like you're like, all right, I, I need more. I need more. And I'm an addiction in a good way. I'll say, you know, like, but it's like, you, you just, you can't, it's almost like you can't stop until you are, you're feeling those changes more and more. Like you're feeling more and more fulfilled and feeling more and more yeah. self-aware. And you're like, wow, I am shedding these parts of me that I never really wanted to have in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm stepping into the power that I knew I had all along, but I didn't really know how to get here. And once you start like putting your toe in it, you want to have your whole body in it. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's what I think is like the addicting part. You know, it's like, I, I can't just stop for me. I, and this is me personally, I can't just stop at my toe. I can't just stop at my foot. Like I have to be all in on it. So I know there are some people who are still at that dipping your toe in point, and that's a beautiful place to start. And I think that they'll quickly see once you start, it's like, okay, I need more. <laughs> I need more of this. Yeah. It's like, you can't, it's like the, the debate of like, you can't be addicted to water. Right. You know? yeah. It's like, you know, and, and the truth is, it's like, well, you can be addicted to water. Like you can use, you can have an abusive or a misuse relationship with anything. Right. And people exactly. do that. Spiritual bypassing is totally a thing or, or people, you know, avoid and neglect entire chapters of their life by, by prioritizing or segmentizing mm. or fetishizing or making it more than, you know, and I think what you're really talking about, what I hear about it is this, one of the Buddhist teachings is that, um, it is appropriate, right, and a good and a whole. And like, it's true that we all are hungry for power. That's not a problem. It's not a problem. That's wisdom. We're hungry for power. The wisdom is where is that power source? Where do we think we're going to get satisfied? And the, you know, that answer is that internal power source that satisfies. It inspires. We want more and more. But from a place that is it's, you know, when you've experienced it, right? It's like, oh, it's just like, wow, this like, it's enough. And it's so much enough that I'll do it again. 
yeah. and I'm willing to change and become new and find it again a new way in a way that when we try to find power outside of ourself, it, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit the fulfillment piece. Right. And yeah. so it's, it's this pursuit of maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. Maybe this will do it. And I think since we're, what I think we're all really hungry for is ourselves. Yeah. You know, to, to really be, to be with ourselves. Yeah. Be here. Wow. Well, I know that our audience is probably, they've probably gotten more than they even bargained for with this <laughs> episode. Let's be real. And I know that after they listen to this, they're going to want more Sophia in their life. So where can our audience go to learn more about you and everything that we've talked about and just connect with you further? Great. I, let's see. I have a website. That's my, my hub, sophiawiseone.com. And that's where you can find all my podcasts. <laughs> I have many. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I'll be sure to link those as well yeah, in the episode the notes. <laughs> yep. I have a, a podcast called Medicine Caller. I have a podcast called Vagina Talks. I have a podcast called I Love My Life Podcast. And I have a podcast called uh, Temple Erotica, Stories of Sacred Sexuality. Oh, and know. yeah, yeah, we're restoring, remembering our our birthright of our own centered, connected uh, power center in our creative self. And, uh, and I have a Patreon. So, you know, if you want to in the Patreon, I have a, we do a bunch of stuff behind the curtain there and, uh, love to have you like come and check that out and see if you want to, that's why I do, I do heal. I do live healings and things like that in that space too. And, uh, yeah. And then I like to hang out on Instagram at Sophia wise one and uh, I love it when people hear me on an episode. I love it. You take a screenshot of whatever you're listening on and then tag me and go ahead and tag Lauren, tag the show or whatever, um, whatever platform I was. And I just love to hear like what spiked your interest or if you have any questions or if you want to know more. Um, I love that stuff. I love to play that way too. Yes, yes, absolutely so. connect. And I'll be sure to link all of those goodies in the episode notes so that if someone, you know, isn't, isn't able to follow right now, they can be sure to go back and follow. Sophia, you are full of so much wisdom, enlightenment, and beautiful energy. Thank you so much for sharing your light with me today. Oh, Lauren, thank you. You know, I have a saying around these parts and it goes like this. <clears throat> Takes one to know one. <laughs> I love it. That's, hey, I've heard that saying a time or two. Are we from the same saying. part? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it takes one to cut from the same cloth, darling. Lauren, pleasure. You're a bright, bright light. Thank you for your work and your wisdom and your connection with your ancestors, your ancestor reclamation. I understand that we are we are one massive tapestry. And so oh. every every piece that heals, every every work, every tear you shed, every courage, uh statement you've made, you have done um, with me and for me and for all of us. And so I thank you. I thank Uh, you for your work and your journey. Oh, thank you. Sophia has contagious energy. I surely learned a lot and I hope you did too. I've linked Sophia's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember... Every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.